to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Father in heaven, we are grateful, we are thankful, we thank you Lord for a good day. We thank you Lord for the word that you have prepared for us. We pray Lord that you give us receptive heart to receive your word in faith. And I pray Lord that our hearts will be fertile grounds for your word. That your word will bring forth fruits in our lives. May we not live here the same as we came. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wonderful. Clap your hands together for the Lord as you sit. We want to look at our scripture of the week quickly. Now, we also have um, baby dedication today after church. So... Um, how many of you can see that we are back in church full swing? Nothing holding us. Amen. We are not allowing anything to hold us back. Hallelujah. So our scripture of the week, Genesis chapter 28 and verses 20 and 21. Genesis 28 verses 20 and 21. This is our scripture of the week. And it says, And Jacob vowed So that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. Amen. Wonderful. What a powerful vow that Jacob vowed to the Lord. And this has carried the people of Israel to today. That they honor this vow. And as they do, we have all seen powerful hand of God upon such a nation. Hallelujah. That wherever they are, wherever they find themselves, even in strange lands, they have honored this vow and the Lord has indeed kept them. The Lord has blessed them. And we can see if you do not know, then you have been sleeping. But this is a group of people that God has really, really blessed. Amen. Wonderful. And if you make a vow to the Lord and you honor it, you'll be blessed. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, today we want to continue sharing on symptoms of backsliding. Symptoms of backsliding. We have been sharing about symptoms of backsliding. Now, For the last few weeks, we've been talking about backsliding, and we've been preaching from our prophet's book, Backsliding, Develop Your Staying Power. And we have said a lot of things about backsliding. We have shared so many things about backsliding, and today I want us to continue in this direction, continue in this message on backsliding. Hallelujah. 
And I pray, Lord, that you give me the tongue of the Leonard Rider. That the preaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom. But my prayer is that the word will come in spirit and in power. Amen. Amen. To save and to draw us back to the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, godliness is becoming less and less of virtue among Christians. Among today's Christians, godliness is becoming less and less of virtue. Godliness is simply holiness. Holiness. Hallelujah. And today, it is becoming less and less of of value to Christians. Hallelujah. Godliness is to be like God. To be godly. Hallelujah. To resemble God. Amen. Godliness is to like God. To be like God. To be godly. The Bible describes Cornelius as a godly man. Hallelujah. A man that feared God. Hallelujah. The Bible described Noah as a godly man. Amen. The Bible described Joseph as a godly man. Someone who feared God. Who had honor for God. Who had honor for holiness. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yes. Many so-called Christians today are far from being holy. Or are far from resembling God. They are far from being described as godly. Amen. It does not matter how long you have been a Christian. Neither does it matter how strong and how powerful you were before as a Christian. What matters, what matters is that on the day that the trumpet sounds, you will be found godly. Amen. You will be found holy. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how much you have prayed. It doesn't matter how many years you have been a Christian and fasted and known the scriptures and how many souls you have won yourself. What matters is that on the last day, on the day that the trumpet sounds, you'll be found godly. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? You know, godliness is the most important thing. It is the most important thing. It is the most required thing it is the the thing the only thing that has value amen Amen. without godliness we cannot see god hallelujah godliness is the most important thing it says in the script of first timothy 3 and 16 it says and without controversy without argument without discussion Godliness, godliness is the greatest mystery without controversy, without argument, without discussion. Godliness is the greatest mystery. Amen. Godliness is the most important thing. At the end of the day, godliness is what is going to matter. And Christians today don't have any value for holiness. Don't have any value for godliness. Amen. You know, have you thought about it? That when we get to heaven, prayers will not be needed anymore. 
We will not need prayers. There will be no miracles. When we get to heaven, visions will have no value. There will be no need for value, for visions. It's done. There will be no need for prophecy. Are you listening to me? There will be no need for healing miracles. When we get to heaven, there will be no need for fasting. Faith will not be necessary. When we get to heaven, the only spiritual value that will be valuable is holiness, godliness. Are you listening? That will be the only thing that is of value. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 8. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 8. Look at that. It says, the, For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto few things. It says, Bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable. It's godliness. It's godliness. Are you listening to me? It's godliness. It says, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Verse 9. Verse 9. It says, this is a faithful saying. This is a faithful saying and it's worthy of all acceptation. It's more than your degree. It's more than your value, your money. It's more than what you think you have. It's more than many years in school. This is a faithful saying and it's worthy of all acceptation. To be godly. <laughs> Are you listening? Continue. For therefore, we both labor and suffer reproach for godliness. It is worth it. It is worth to do the long drive for godliness. It is worth to rise up at dawn, to lose sleep for godliness. That you be godly, it is worth it. For this reason, we labor. For this reason, we accept reproach. For this reason, we welcome it. We welcome suffering. For this reason, we labor. Because we trust in the living God. Who is the savior of all men. Especially of those that believe. For therefore. These things. Command and teach. Pastor. These things. Command and teach. Command. Command that the people become godly. Command. Cause them to be godly. These things. You have to. You have to command and teach. Amen. That is why we talk about backsliding. That is why we talk about the power to continue, to develop your staying power. Amen. Amen. Godliness or holiness is a lifelong race. Amen. Say a lifelong race. Say godliness is a lifelong race. 
We are not trying to be godly for a while. You ought to strive. You ought to fight. You have to force to stay godly. That is why we teach. Amen. So we've been talking about godliness. We're talking about backsliding. And we, um, we want to continue talking about it. And last week, we began talking about symptoms of backsliding. Symptoms of backsliding. And I explained to you that symptoms are the things that one can see or identify in a person that can predict what is going to happen to you. And often symptoms are bad things. Amen. Doctors use symptoms to identify some serious diseases. Hallelujah. And we say that sometimes to the unlearned, when you are not a learned person in a particular field, you see symptoms and you can ignore them. Are you listening? You will see symptoms and you will not place any value on, you will not think much of it because you are not learned. So many people will have symptoms of certain diseases and they don't care so much about them because they don't know. When they see that their nails are dented, you now you can see your nails become like spoon. You can put water on your nail. You don't know. You think that your nail has taken a nice shape, unique shape, but it's a sign of a serious disease. Amen. Are you listening? When you feel that there are new lines, rigged, rigged lines on your nails, you check your nails now, you see. When you see new lines on your nails, it's a sign of some disease. So doctors can look at you and tell, for instance, your yellow eyes is not a new fashion. You know, you are not unique. That your eyes are now yellow is a sign of a serious disease. Are you listening? Amen. Wonderful. So symptoms are important. And last week, we also began talking about spiritual symptoms that we can identify to say that someone is going to backslide. To backslide is to slow down with your walk with God or to fall out of the faith or with the walk with God. That is backsliding. To backslide, to stay behind as the Lord is moving forward. Stay behind from where you ought to be. Many of you ought to be pastors by now, but you are still sitting down. The scripture says, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again. And whenever you have need that one teach you again, it means you're backslidden. You don't understand it. When you ought to be a teacher and you are still being taught, you have backslidden. That is what it means. So last week we gave two symptoms of backsliding. Do you remember? What was the first symptom? Bad company. Bad company. That when you keep bad company, when you continue to company with non-believers, unbelievers is a sign that you are not going to last long in the faith. Please, the message is on our podcast. You can listen to it and I believe you'll be blessed. Wonderful. What was the second one? 
looking backward, looking backward. When you continue to look back, after you have become a Christian, you still have a taste of the world and you keep looking back. Some of you, you have some clothes that you are still keeping. You, you have clothes that you know you can't wear to church. How many of you, you have some clothes that you know you can't wear to church? You don't have any. Some of you women have some clothes that you can't wear to the temple of God. But you still have them. And you keep looking at them. Every now and then, you take them and then you hang them. And then you look at them. Preparing them for the day that you backslide. You say, you never know. In case I, this doesn't work for me and I go back to the world, I need these things. You see? So you have clothes that you are hanging for the day that you backslide. Amen. Some of you have certain types of music that you are keeping. You don't play them now. But every now and then, sometimes you go to a party and then you hear one of those music playing. And then you are sitting down there and you see the music is doing you. And then you are going back to your days. And as you are sitting there, you are a Christian, so you can't get up and dance. But you are sitting there and then you go... "Mm, mm, mm." And you see that the music... How many of you have felt that before? Oh. And then you begin to tap your feet like this. Then your mind is going back in the days. Ah! Christos Mm. Ah. and sometimes you can't even control it by the time you realize oh please once just once now in the field the dance floor you're dancing and sweating you say once just let me just be free amen some of you you still have whiskey and Schnapps and all kinds of drinks that you have packed under your sofa since you became a Christian, they are still there because you can't throw these things away. You bought them with money. True or not true? One day I went to visit someone and the person has been a Christian for a while. And the person has this glass whatever, wall unit, and all these drinks in the... And I said, what is this? He said, oh, these are just decorations. <laughs> decorations. It means they are nice to you. You are using... Decoration means nice things. You decorate things that are nice to you. Isn't that so? Godliness. Tell your neighbor, don't look backward. Well, let me give you some few symptoms before we close. The next symptom is overconfidence. Overconfidence. Say overconfidence. Overconfidence. An overconfident person is someone who has too much trust in his or her own abilities. Too much trust in your own abilities. To be an overconfident Christian 
is to be too confident in your own righteousness or in your own spirituality. To be too confident. You have too much confidence. And that is a dangerous thing. It is dangerous for a Christian to be overconfident. Hallelujah. It is dangerous for you to feel confident of your spirituality. To be overconfident puts you in a very dangerous state. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, it says, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he falls. It means when you think you are standing, when you think you are strong, when you think you are powerful, the Bible warns you to take heed. Take heed lest you fall. Be careful. Otherwise, you are going to fall. Amen. Amen. Now, you realize that in the area of your life where you feel strongest, where you feel confident the most, is usually your weakest area. The area where you feel so confident is the area that is the least guarded area. It is the area that you least protect. Are you listening? And that is how the enemy gets you. The enemy knows that when you are overly confident, you do not protect yourself. You know, many great men of God do not pray about pride. They don't pray about forgiveness. They don't pray about lies. They don't pray about these things. They don't, many great men of God do not pray about adultery. They pray for the anointing for healing, anointing to minister. They pray for the manifestations of the spirit. And when the enemy sees that these areas are left on God, because, you know, as a man of God, you feel that by the grace of God, adultery is behind you. Are you listening? And that is why the enemy will attack you in that area. And that is why you hear many great men of God, when they fall, it's in that area. They fall because of adultery. They fall because they embezzle some money. They fall because of all kinds of schemes that they do not regard as something that they will fall into. Are you listening? When you are in school... The subjects that are easy for you are not the subjects that you study a lot. When you have about three exams on one day, you know, the, the subject that you, you, you feel very confident in, it's not the one that you are going to spend all night on. And then they will bring a question in that area and you realize that you don't know. So the area that you feel confident the most is the area that the enemy will target you. The Bible says in Psalm 121 verse 5, it says, The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. Do you understand what that means? You see, because when you are fighting as a soldier, when you are fighting as a soldier, you have your sword in your right hand and you have your shield on your left hand. Are you listening? So the shield 
Of course, your right hand, most soldiers, back in the days, the right hand is your strongest. The right hand is the hand that you use to fight. And then your left hand is where you put, you hold your shield to protect you. So the shield protects you here, and so the enemy cannot attack you from the left. If the enemy wants to throw a spear at you, you easily protect yourself on the left. But your right hand, the stronger hand, has no protection. Therefore, you need the Lord to protect you on your right hand. Amen. Are you listening? So that when you have too much confidence, that is how the enemy will attack you. The enemy will attack you in the area where you feel very confident. Now, how do you tell that you are overconfident? How do you tell that you have too much confidence as a Christian? Now, one way that you can tell that a Christian is overconfident is in the way that he talks about other people's mistakes or other people's weaknesses. The way you handle other people's mistakes and other people's weaknesses, it tells you that you have too much confidence in that area. Are you listening? When you criticize others as though you can never make such a mistake, as though this mistake is beyond you, it is a sign that you are overconfident. Hallelujah. You are overestimating your ability. Say amen. And you need to be careful how you speak about other people's mistakes. How you talk about other people's weaknesses. You ought to be careful because your criticisms become invitation to the enemy. When you are criticizing, you are giving a loud invitation to the enemy to attack you. Hallelujah. There was one Christian brother, Bishop Rice here. Who said, I will never fornicate. He said, I will never fornicate. He says, I cannot simply do it. I cannot simply fornicate. I can't do it. And then the next minute, the next day, the next few weeks, what showed up is a young lady who showed up in the church carrying this young brother's baby. And nobody knew when he got married. You see. So sometimes the reason why you are still standing. It's not because you are strong. The reason why you are still standing. It's not because you have such ability to resist. But the reason why you are still standing. Is because you are not faced certain particular temptation. You have not been faced with certain temptation. Are you listening? If your Christianity seems to be going on well and smooth, it's not because you are strong. If nothing sinful is happening in your life, it's not because you are so strong, but it's because you have not faced certain temptation. The scripture says in Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 20, it says, indeed, in the New American Standard, it says, indeed, There is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. 
Wow, that's the Bible. It says, indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continuously, all the time, doing good and never sins. There is none. Except you. Amen. So the kinds of situation that people face that cause them to fall, perhaps you have not faced the same situation. And perhaps if you were to face the same situation, your story will not be pleasant. Amen. You know, in Potiphar's house, there were several other men. Do you know that? There were several other male servants in Potiphar's house. But the Bible says that Potiphar's wife set her eyes on Joseph. And day to day, in Genesis 39 verse 10, the Bible says, and day to day, every day, this woman was talking to Joseph. Every day, saying, come lie with me. Come and sleep with me. Come lie with me. Every day. It says, and it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men inside the house. There was no one. He was all by himself with this woman. Just the two of us. If you were the one, what would be your situation? Where would you be? Are you listening? Where would you be? There was no one. There was no one. You see how the enemy works. That he paved way. That there was no one in the house except you and I. Do you think the woman was talking and said, Hey, come, 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 come. Come, come lie with me. Come here. Come here. Is that how she was? Do you think that's how she was talking? The woman can tell you how she was talking. They can show you how they can perceive the way she was talking. So if it was you, if it was you, what would have happened to you? What would have been your end? So do not be overconfident because you have not been in a certain situation before. Hallelujah. Some of you have not experienced certain blessings. And that is why your situation is the way it is. Some of you have not, if you were to experience certain blessing, you will not be the same Christian today. I'm telling you, I've been a pastor for a while. If God blesses you to a certain degree, you will change. Amen. That is why Jesus taught us to pray every day, every day. This will be our daily prayer. To pray to the Father every day that he leads us not into temptation. That he would deliver us from temptation. Deliver us from temptation. Every day. Everyone. 
Therefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Let us all take lesson from this great scripture. That when we feel we are standing, we should be careful because we are about to fall. So, overconfidence is a sign of someone who is about to fall. The next symptom of backsliding is stubbornness. Stubbornness. Say stubbornness. You see, you will never think that a Christian can be described as being stubborn. You don't associate Christians to be, to be stubborn. But a stubborn Christian has no value for counseling. A Christian who is stubborn is someone who does not listen to advice. Someone who does not take counseling. Whatever he or she feels like doing is what he or she will do. Has no value. Now, whenever you see a stubborn Christian, you are looking at a person who is on their way to backsliding. Amen. It is just a matter of time. You are going to see someone who is going to backslide. I have seen many stubborn Christians always backslide. Christians who don't take heed, who don't pay heed to counseling, I see they always backslide. Amen. Proverbs 14, 14, it says, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own way. When you are a backslider in your heart, you will be filled in your own way. And I dare to say that many Christians are filled in their own ways. Many Christians filled in their own ways. They just do whatever they feel like doing. Many Christians behave as though they don't even have a pastor in their lives. You are looking at me. Yes, I'm talking to you. You behave as though there's no pastor in your life. They bring their issues to you and it's just for open courtesy. Many Christians come to you with an issue for open courtesy. Amen. Often they have made up their minds about what they are going to do. Apostle, isn't that so? Many Christians, when they are coming to you, they have in mind what they are going to do. And sometimes they come to you for one or two reasons. They come to you to see if their line of thinking is in line with you. And then they will ask you to pray for me. Or they don't want you to say that I didn't tell you. And that is why they are coming to tell you. Sometimes they have done everything, everything that they are doing, they have done it already, and then they come and tell you that, um, oh, I am. and then you see, you put yourself in a situation to lie. You say, oh, I am planning to do this, I want to do that, I want to, but you have done it already. Are you listening to me? You have done it already. You just come to waste the pastor's time. Just waste the pastor's time. Then the pastor innocently giving you all kinds of counseling, advice. This, do this, do that. You need to do this first. Do that before this. And you are finished. You are finished. As you are sitting there, you say, this old man. You call me old man. May the Lord forgive you. 
Hosea 11 and verse 7. Hosea. And my people are bent to backsliding from me. My people are bent to backsliding from me. Though they call them to the most high, none at all will exalt him. They are bent on backsliding. You are bent on backsliding. Nothing seems to stop you. You are bent on backsliding. Hallelujah. And nothing can stop you. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9. You know, this scripture is the basis for all counseling. This is the reason why we counsel. This is the reason why counseling is of value. This scripture. It says, the thing that had been, it is that which shall be. Do you understand what that means? It's like speaking pidgin English, but this is real King James English. He said, the thing that had been, it, it, it is that which it will be. It is that which shall be. And that which is done, it is that which shall be done. The thing that is done, it is that which shall be done tomorrow. The thing that you have seen people do, it is the same thing that will be done tomorrow. And that there is no new thing under the sun. There is no new thing under the sun. Verse 11 says, is there anything whereby we should say this is new? It had been done already. So when you think that you have come up with something so unique, something so precious and so new, the Bible says it had been done already. That is why you have to subject it to counseling. Amen. You have to subject it to counseling to someone who have seen people of old do them. And what happened to them? What was the outcome? Because the outcome will be your outcome also. You will have the same outcome. And that is why counseling is of value. Hallelujah. Everybody needs counseling. Everyone needs counseling. You have no idea how valuable it is to have someone in your life who will counsel you. You have no idea. That is why it is precious to be a child. Because when you are grown and you feel big and no one can counsel you, your situation is very miserable. Are you listening? Your situation becomes very miserable. When you have no one to counsel you, to counsel you, you are in a very serious situation. Because the Bible says there is safety. There is always safety when you are surrounded by counseling. When your life is filled with counseling, you hardly make mistakes. You hardly fall into danger. You hardly fall into catastrophe. Because there's safety when there's multitude of counseling that surround you. Tell your neighbor, don't be stubborn. Stubbornness is self-destructive characteristic. It is self-destructive. When you are stubborn, you are destroying your own life. Amen. Amen. 
And some people are also politely stubborn. They are politely stubborn. You talk to them, oh yes, Reverend. Oh, by all means, Reverend. Oh yes, Reverend. Oh sure, no problem. And they know they will not do it. They pretend to honor and respect your counseling, but they will not do it. And just waste your time. Waste time. Waste your precious time. Some of you don't even want your pastors to know anything about you. Amen. You know, Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 13, it says, better is a young, a poor young child Better is a poor. Now, when you are a child and you are also a poor child from a poor family background, no beginning, it says your life is better. You are better than a poor and a wise child, than an old foolish king who will no longer be admonished. Your life as a child. Because as a child, you are subject to instructions. As a child, you receive instructions. As a child, you receive counseling. You receive advice. Are you listening? And the Bible says that you are wise in that sense. In Proverbs 13 verse 1, it says, The child, the son that hearkens or that receives instructions from the father, that is a wise child. And that the Bible says, your life is better than an old foolish king. Now, you would think that an adult, old man who is a king should be wise. But a child who hearkens to instructions, the Bible says he's better than a foolish king. Who can no longer be advised. Who can no longer be instructed. Who can no longer be admonished. Hallelujah. So, you see... God is pro-counseling. God is for counseling. God, God enhances counseling. God places value on counseling. So if you don't have value for counseling, 95% of your life is gone. I tell you. We are never adequate on our own. We are never. No one is adequate on their own. Sometimes you feel that you have some great plans. Sometimes you feel that, you know, you are coming up with some great plans. Great breakthrough plans. Until you subject it to somebody's opinion. And then you realize, ha, what a blunder I would have made if I didn't talk to you. I cannot cannot count the number of times somebody has said something to me that has changed a big, major plan. A major decision that I was going to take. Just somebody said something. Even casually. Not even sitting down to counsel you to say this, but just in conversation. Sometimes somebody just, somebody, you see, that which has been is that which shall be. I tell you, there is no new thing under the sun. Sometimes you are just on rounds. You are just on rounds and with your colleagues and group and just talking about patients. And then the conversation turns and it just turns to be just ordinary and somebody begins to talk about their personal something and that becomes an advice for you. Right there. 
But when you are not wise, you don't think it will happen to you. Are you listening? But it's just somebody's opinion can turn a major decision and deliver you from some blunder. Amen. Amen. God is pro-counseling. God is pro-counseling. God is for advice. Counseling. Amen. Amen. Says without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Proverbs 15, 22. Without counseling, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Do you understand what it means? Without counseling, without advice, purposes, purposes, purposes are your plans. Purposes are your, 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 your projects. It says when there is no counseling, you'll be disappointed. You'll be disappointed. But when there is counseling, when you are surrounded by counselors, your plans, your, your purposes will be established. That means they will prosper. That means there's safety. You will be comfortable if you make that decision because of advice that you receive. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 24, 6. He said, for by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. And in multitude of counselors there is safety. When you are fighting something, Listen to advice. When you feel so right about something, take advice. And with that advice, with counseling, you war a good warfare. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? You find sometimes a husband who is taking a major decision. A major decision that involves your entire family. A major decision that involves your children your unborn children and your future children, a major decision, and you do not subject it to counseling. You don't subject it, even your wife does not know about it. But you remember, it is God who looked at you and said, it is not good for the man to be alone. It is God who observed your way of thinking. It is God who looked at how you do things. And he will observe and said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And for that, he will make him a help meet. Are you listening? He made him a help meet. Appropriate help. Help in the areas where you are inadequate. So it means that there are some inadequacies in you. Therefore, there are inadequacies in your decisions. And so God made a help meet for you. Hallelujah. Now everyone knows that, you know, women can be nagging. They can talk a lot. They can argue. They can, you know, do all kinds of things. We all know that. And that is a fact that everyone, and women themselves, they know. They know. And I have seen that across races, you know, I go to work and white women are the same. Asians are the same. Filipinos are the same. They are all the same. But there is something that God placed in them that makes them help me. That makes them appropriate help. There is something that God places in them that makes them worthy 
to be a part of your decision. And so you don't look at their nagging, their quarrelsome natures, and all kinds of things, and let it cut you off of this great help that God has brought to you. You don't let that cut you off. Are you listening? Yeah. Obviously, you will know that you are ultimately the head. And you ultimately make a decision. But the Bible says you are most likely to succeed if you receive others' opinion before you make a decision. It says your counsel, your purposes, with, without counseling, your purposes, your plans are disappointed. Amen. Oh. And some of you also have a, a nature of you discuss it with your other man friend. Other man friend. Instead of your wife. Other man's friend who is also another man who God looked and saw that he's not good enough on his own. And so his thinking is just like yours. His way of doing things is just like yours. Are you taking wisdom? Men say amen. amen. You can never be wiser than God, I tell you. You can't be wiser than God. Say you can't be wiser than God. So don't think that you don't need anyone in your life. Don't think you don't need counseling. Hallelujah. Don't think you don't need a help mix. Don't let the nagging of your wife cut you off from great counseling and great advice. But you ought to be wise. Because ultimately, when God came in a garden, he called Adam. So ultimately, you make the decision. But welcome counseling. Value counseling. Weigh counseling. And then ultimately, you make decision. Hallelujah. You can never be wiser than God. Say you can't be wiser than God. God brings you help through a help meet. And so he says in Ecclesiastes 4 9, he says, Two are better than one. Two are better than one. What does it mean? Two are better than one means two are better than one. Amen. It means two people's opinion together, they are better than one person's opinion. It means two people's money together, they are better than one person's money. Are you listening to me? It means two people raising their children together, they are better than one person raising their children. It means two people living together, they are better than one person living alone. So why do you insist counseling upon counseling and you say, I will divorce, I will separate, I would like to be alone. God says two are better than one. No matter what the situation, no matter who you are, it is better for you to stay in and be two than to be one. God says two are better than one. God says two are better than one. So why are you so stubborn? Why are you so stubborn and insist, insist on being alone? Insist that I will get out of this. I don't need this. I'm working out. I'll be better on my own against scripture. 
that says two are better than one. Wow. Stubbornness. You know the word of God, I tell you, you can never go wrong. You can never go wrong with the word of God. In Psalm 18 verse 30, it says, As for God, his way is perfect. His way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. It's flawless. If God says two are better than one, no condition will make it flawful. Or is there a word like that? Help me. Wege. Holy child. Girls, are you here? Are you listening? He says, God's word, the Lord's word is flawless. It's flawless. No condition. You say, Reverend, you don't understand my situation. You don't, if you were in my shoes, I don't want to be in your shoes because you are too stubborn. I don't want to. How can you say, if you were in my shoes? I don't want to be in your shoes. He says, it's flawless. That means no matter what the situation, no matter what the conditions, no matter what is happening, God's word is flawless. And God's word says two are better than one. And he says, he shields all who take refuge in him. If for God's sake, you say, I am in it because of the word of God. He shields you when you take refuge in him. God protects you when you take refuge in his word. May the Lord deliver you from stubbornness. May the Lord deliver you from someone who does not hearken to counseling. May the Lord deliver you. Hallelujah. You will never be self-sufficient. Never be self-sufficient. Enough such that you don't need anyone to advise you or anyone to counsel you. No matter who you are, there will always be a need for counseling. Hallelujah. You know that having education is not equal to wisdom. Having education is not equal to wisdom. Are you listening to me? Oh, I have seen many educated people who are not wise. Having education is not equal to wisdom. Having a university degree does not equal wisdom. Otherwise, then we don't need to pray to God for wisdom. But you may not have a university degree, but you can have the wisdom of God. You can have the wisdom of God. Amen. Some people feel that if no one can advise them if they don't have equal status, equal educational level background or equal or higher. You feel that you cannot be advised by someone who is beneath you. Someone who is not educated like you. But you realize that Naaman was a little girl, a little servant whom God placed wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. And said, go, there's a prophet in Israel. And even then, it was a servant with his pride. It was a servant that said, Master, you have done all of this. What if you just dip yourself in this water? What will happen? Servant. 
And when he hearkened to the servant, he received healing. Amen. It says, only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised, with the well-advised, that means in the NIV, Proverbs 13, verse 10, the NIV says, wisdom is found in those who take advice. Wisdom is found in those who take advice. That means that advice is packaged wisdom. It is packaged wisdom. And the more advice you receive, the wiser and wiser you become. Don't be stubborn. Do not be stubborn. Do not be stubborn. Stubbornness is what casts us off from counseling and it leads to your destruction. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? He says, is there anybody who was mightily blessed by God, although he was stubborn and rebellious? Do we read of anyone in the scriptures who was mightily blessed by God and the person was rebellious and stubborn? Never. There's no one. Not a single person. See, stubbornness is God. Stubbornness to God, to his word, to his pastors, and to biblical counseling is a sign that backsliding is imminent. Hallelujah. Be a person who embraces counseling. Be a person who welcomes counseling. Be a person who is humble to receive counseling. And that will guarantee that you will walk with God for a very long time. It will guarantee holiness. It will guarantee godliness. And you will walk with God for a very long time. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet as we bring the service to a close. Father, we are grateful and thankful. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, your word is true and faithful. David said, I've been young and I've been old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That is why, Lord, we suffer reproach. That is why we suffer affliction. Lord, help us to stay righteous. Help us to develop our staying power. To continue to walk with you. Help us, Lord, to heed to counseling. Deliver us, Lord, from looking backward. Deliver us, Lord, from pride. Pride that makes us not receive counseling that we do not welcome counseling. Deliver us, Lord, from this satanic spirit of stubbornness. Deliver us in the name of Jesus. Everyone that is here who is under the sound of my voice, oh Lord, give us the humility to welcome counseling. Give us the humility to embrace counseling in the name of Jesus. He said, in the multitude of counseling, there is safety. Let our purposes be established as we receive counseling in the name of Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now with all eyes closed.
and every head bow you are here this afternoon you are listening to me I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your savior you are here this afternoon you are saying pastor pray with me I want to give my life to Christ says badly exercised profited little you are involved in so many things of the world you work hard you are educated you are pursuing a career you are doing so many things these are badly exercises and the bible says they profited little and I want you to believe in the word of God that they do profited little godliness 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 this afternoon i want you to have a hunger for godliness to be like god to be like god to desire to be holy and you are here this afternoon and you are praying and you say pastor pray with me i want to come to jesus i want to welcome jesus christ in my life i want to be born again i want to receive jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your right hands and I'll pray with you. You want to receive Jesus. God bless you. I see your hand. Anyone else? You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Wherever you are, I want to pray with you. I want to give. I want want you to say this prayer with me. Anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus. Anyone else? anyone else if you have lifted up your hand i just want you to just take one more step one boldly step and come forward here with me i just want to pray with you if you have lifted up your hand can somebody help you come forward you have lifted up your hand you want to receive jesus just come here just take one step here and i want to pray with you anyone else you want to receive your you want to receive jesus i want you to say this prayer with me and say lord jesus Thank you for dying for me. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you died for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Please wash me with your blood. Please wash me with your blood. I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me today. For saving me today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sing, Sean. have been blessed with this powerful message come and worship with us on the zoom platform with id number 823-299-84436 every sunday at 12 p.m eastern standard time god richly bless you